Well, good morning, church. So good to see you all here today, whether you're here in the room or whether you may be out in the commons area or if you're joining us online, we just want to say good morning and welcome. We're so glad that you are here and hopeful that you have come ready to receive what it is that the Lord is wanting to do um, in your heart and in your mind today. We've been in a series over the past few weeks that we're actually concluding today on prayer, talking about uh, the different ways of prayer, talking about how we need to be people of prayer, the priority of prayer, and hopefully this past week you've been prioritizing prayer in your house, and we want to prioritize prayer in our church here, in the church house, and then we ourselves as a house of prayer. And today we're going to talk about powerful prayer. And James 5 and 16 says that the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Now, I grew up in church, so I grew up hearing that scripture quite a bit. And when I heard that, I had this idea of what that meant. So I took that scripture to mean loud, long prayers. Maybe those types of prayers were the ones that were prayed in other tongues or those heavenly languages that I didn't understand. And then if I did these things, that I was being effective. That was my definition in my mind growing up of what an effective prayer was. But we've learned over these past few weeks that prayer doesn't have to be loud. It doesn't have to be long to be powerful. But how do we pray in a way that we can be confident that we are being effective? So today we're going to look at how we can be powerful in prayer. So if you have your Bible, go over to Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to look at what the Apostle Paul says here as he's writing to the church in Ephesus, and he's exhorting them here in Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to start reading in verse 10. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. The Apostle Paul says it this way. He says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil that day and having done all to stand firm, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. There's a lot of things happening here in this section of Scripture, and we don't have time to dive into every one of those things that's happening here, but for our intents and purposes, we want to understand how to pray an effective, powerful prayer. And here Paul gives this illustration of armor as a uh, thing that you and I need to be ready to take on whatever the enemy may try to come at us with that there's a spiritual warfare that's happening. There's something that we cannot see that is at war that's happening 
everything, and we need to be ready. We need to be equipped and aware that the enemy has a plan. He wants to take us out. He's not on our side, and we need to be ready and prepared for that battle. And he tells us where our strength should come from, and he tells us how to be effective in prayer and how we should armor up. Now, all of those pieces of armor are important, and I'm sure that there's tons of really great teaching on the armor of God and all those pieces, but before he even says anything about any piece of armor, look at what he says first. He says in verse 10, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. I want you to think about that for a minute. Be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. You see, we give a lot of credit to the armor, and yes, we need the armor, but we need to realize where the strength actually comes from. This is the source of strength. Before we even talking about suiting up, we need to first acknowledge who is our source of strength. And here he says very clearly, be strong in the Lord and in the strength and the power of his might. You see, that's the key to withstanding any attack that the enemy would want to bring, and it's also the key to being powerful in our prayer life. Because any strength that comes from the Lord is any strength that we have that, that, that is going to be able to uh, go on the offensive or the defensive against the enemy's attack when it comes to our prayer life is going to be rooted and grounded in the Lord. And this creates a dependence upon Him, not ourselves. This is why we prioritize prayer. Because we know, and we've been learning over these past few weeks, that when we prioritize prayer, what we're doing is we're actually deepening our dependence on God. We're anchoring ourselves to this place of remembering, God, I need you. God, I, I, even, even in the good times, it's so easy for us to only pray and reserve prayer for when we're going through challenges, when we're going through dark struggles, when there may be something that's pressing on us. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to jump into prayer during those times because you feel like I don't have the strength to make it through this when all of your strength is gone. Even people who are not followers of Jesus will reach out to some sort of spiritual hierarchy when they are, have their backs against the wall, when they feel hopeless. They'll say, God help, I, uh, because there was this uh, diagnosis or the loss of a family member or uh, a financial pressure that I don't see any way is going to be solved. Even people that don't know God at times will pray when their back is up against the wall. But it's not just during those times that we're called to pray. Amen, church? If we want to be a church that's prioritizing prayer, what we're doing is we're regularly confessing, admitting, and asking God to move on our behalf because we're saying, God, I need you. I'm depending on you. And I need to be a person of prayer whether things are going well or not because it's an anchor point saying, God, I need you just as much. Listen, just as much during the good times as I do during those difficult times when I feel all alone. I need him when I feel like everything's going my way. When everything's just, man, swimming along, I, I, I just got all these wonderful things happening in my life, I still need God just as much. And prayer helps me to remember that. And so Christ in me is the hope of glory, and it's also the strength that sustains me and enables me to live this life for the glory of God. It's not just what saves me and then I move on and now it's on me and it's dependent on me from this point on. No, Christ in me, the hope of glory now and forever. I need you 
Jesus. And that's what Paul is communicating here before he goes through these different pieces of armor and these other things that he talks about regarding prayer. He says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And then later on, he says um, for us in verse 18 that we should pray at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end. Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And then he asks them, the church in Ephesus, to also pray for him as well, that he would have boldness to speak, that the Holy Spirit would give him the words to say, that he would be able to declare the things of God with boldness, even though he, he's a prisoner in chains. And so he says here that we need to pray at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. So as Paul said, this, uh, this word supplication may not be a word that we're regularly familiar with or, or may use, but the word supplication means humbly. It's a posture of awe, sincerity, humility, and we are to earnestly and humbly, sincerely to be making request and intercession in the Spirit for all the saints to be praying for our brothers and sisters in Christ as intercessors. We talked about intercession a couple of weeks back how that's standing in the gap for someone, how it's praying on behalf of another person. And he said, we need to be, be praying for our brothers and sisters. And we can't do this really in our own strength because it's not really what moves the hand of God is how well we pray or, or the words that we use or how eloquent we speak or how smart or intelligent that we are. No, it's based on really the dependence that we have on the Spirit of God to pray. Holy Spirit, I need you. Spirit of God that lives on the inside of you. If you are a new creation in Christ, you are a person who is filled with that Spirit of God who is praying for those, he said, who are being persecuted, those who are suffering, your brothers and sisters in Christ, being that intercessor and trusting in the power and the might of our Lord. Now, I want to clear something up here. Um, in Ephesians chapter 6, when we see in verse 18 where he says that praying in the Spirit at all times, some people take that phrase, praying in the Spirit, to mean praying in tongues. And I want to clarify, it certainly can mean that, but it is not exclusive to that. So don't get boxed in if you aren't a person who has exercised that gift. It can certainly mean that, but it's not exclusive to that because not everyone has that gift and not everyone is told to uh, manifest in that gift. You can go over to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, and you can see verse 29 where the Apostle Paul says, Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all possess gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I'll show you a more excellent way. And the Apostle Paul here, he's saying, listen, he's asking a rhetorical question where he's saying not everyone's going to operate in these same gifts as they're being led by the Spirit. But yet Paul tells us all to pray in the Spirit. So as I look at this, that must mean that, yes, there is a portion of that that is true, that we can say, yes, that is part of intercession, and, and, and I certainly believe in that. But at the same time, that shouldn't put the pressure on everyone to have to do the exact same thing and operate in the exact same gift because there is a diversity of gifts, as Scripture says, in the body of Christ, but the same Spirit. Amen? And so whatever gifts you have, you need to function and operate in those gifts. But to pray in the Spirit is to pray in a way that you are depending on the Spirit. That is depending on the Spirit's power to pray 
through us. In other words, it's not something that I'm depending on my eloquence. I'm not depending on my intellect. I'm not depending on myself to be able to accomplish anything of significance. Remember where Christ said uh, that uh, I am the vine, you are the branch. Apart from me, you can do nothing. It's saying and recognizing, God, I need you, and I'm not depending on myself to be able to accomplish anything significant. I am saying, Lord, I need you even to pray through me. So praying in the Spirit is depending on the Spirit's power to even pray through us. It's a way we deepen our dependence on God because we know we need Him to answer, but have we ever thought that when we pray in the Spirit, we're actually asking for Him to guide and energize and sustain our prayers, that we're actually depending upon His strength and His might to make our, our, our prayers more powerful and more effective. It, it, think about this for just a second. When we pray, we understand we're depending on God, but what are we depending on God for? Most of the times when we pray, we're depending on God for the answer, right? That's what we're saying. We're saying, God, I need you to provide the answer for this because I'm not that great. So, God, I need you to work all this out. I don't know how you're going to do it, but I'm asking you to do it, and I'm going to trust you to do it, so I'm trusting you for the answer. That's just one half of this deal. It's not just depending on him to provide the answer. It's saying, Lord, I need your spirit to help me pray. I'm depending on your spirit to actually pray through me to where I am saying, Lord, I, I, it's, it's not me who gets the glory for this, but Lord, I, I need you. I'm deepening my dependence on you. It's your power. It's your might. I want to be strong in the power of the Lord and his might, not my intellect, not my strength, not all of the words that I know to say that may impress other people, but is it really moving the hand of God? It, it works the same way that the different gifts of the Spirit work. Think about how God has set this thing up. It's ultimately all for His glory. And if you start with that premise, it helps you to understand a few things. Because if God is for God, and God is to be glorified in us and through us, then even the good things we do, and the abilities and the gifts that He's given us, those gifts and those abilities that He has given us are from Him, and then they're to Him, because I am not saying I can do this because I'm so great, it's rather Christ in me. It's rather God working through me. So he's the gift giver, and he's also the one that when the gift is used, it is pointed to him to receive the glory. And it's the same thing in prayer. It's the same thing where we're supposed to depend on him. Lord, I need you in this time of prayer where I'm deepening my dependence on you because there's times I don't even know what to pray. But I want to be effective. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. What is a righteous man? A righteous man is not one who's got all of his I's dotted and all of his T's crossed. A righteous man is a man or woman who has been made new in Christ, and Christ is abiding in them, and we are clothed in his righteousness, not our own. So if I'm going to be a righteous person praying, I need to, first of all, be a person dependent on Jesus Christ and his his righteousness, not my righteousness, so my heart can be in a position to make supplication, to humbly come and recognize, Lord, you are holy. I'm in awe of you. And that is directing and motivating my prayers as your spirit is working in me to pray. 
And it's not, oh, wow, that guy's spiritual. Look at how smart he is or how strong he is. It's like, no, look at how God is working. Look at how God is using. Look at how God is getting the glory, not the individual. You see, my salvation is dependent upon Christ. The gifts that I have been given that are to be used to impact eternity and to influence eternity and to make a difference in this world and, and, to, and to further advance the kingdom of God are from God and dependent upon God and to God ultimately for His glory. Why would my prayer be any different? Why would that be the one thing that he says, this one's all on you, buddy. Good luck. Now let's see if you can say or do anything impressive. No, it's still me depending on the Spirit of God for prayer even, and not just to answer, but to actually pray. Have we thought about that? Have we meditated on that thought and allowed that to sink in and become a reality? That it's not just the answer that I need him for, but Lord, direct and guide my prayers. Jesus taught us this when he taught us how to pray, when he taught us the Lord's prayer. Our Father who's in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You see this dependence? Your kingdom come, your will be done. And then what is the very next line of that prayer, if you know it? Give us, stay, our... What is that saying at the root? What is that saying? Is it talking about food? Yeah, maybe. The things we need in our life. But more importantly, the stuff I need to sustain me. The stuff that's going to give me energy, I, it, it comes from you. You are the one who gives it. So Lord, give us this day our daily bread, the things that we need, the stuff that we need that, hey, we don't even know that we need. <laughs> that's why we can have confidence in Him, because He knows what we need even before we ask. That's why we can ask in confidence. That's why we can approach him boldly and with confidence because we know who he is and we know he wants us to depend on him because when we depend on him, he gets the glory. When we treat him as just our little buddy that we need when stuff isn't going right, it's like, oh, hey, this isn't going my way. Could you come help me out? But um, apart from that, I've got it then he doesn't get glory from that. That's just us using him and pulling him out as a last-ditch effort. And God's not interested in being our last-ditch effort. He wants to be glorified in everything you and I do. Amen. He wants to be glorified in our prayer lives. He wants to be glorified in, our serve, in the way we serve, in the way we love, in the way we give, in the way we worship, in the way we're committed because it's a daily admittance, confession of I need you. I need you. Before I come out and, and, and preach, one of the last things that, that I always try to remember to do is I try to stop and just say, Lord, I'm about to go out and share your truth with your people, and I need you, Holy Spirit, to speak through me because I have no idea what I'm doing. I could get up here in my own strength and try to impress you. I could get up here in my own strength and try to wow you. Or I could depend on the Holy Spirit to do in your heart and mind what only He can do. And let me tell you, you guys are funny, all right? Because I'll talk to people after church, and you'll tell me, man, Pastor, I really enjoyed that message, this, 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 and this. Man, when you said that, I'm like, uh, I don't remember saying that, or I didn't say that. <laughs> because here's the thing, the Holy Spirit is working and giving you the things that you need. Because each one of you have a unique filter 
that is, that is hearing the different things that are coming, uh, that, are, that, are, that are being said, that you're writing down. You've got different life situations. You've got different obstacles in the way. You've got different understandings about things. And when you hear certain words or phrases, it may trigger different thoughts because the person sitting next to you, I promise, is not hearing the same message you're hearing because they're not you. But the Holy Spirit has a beautiful way of taking no matter what that may be and using it for His glory and making it personal and helping you to grow from right where you're at. I'm not that smart to craft a message that well. <laughs> I'm just not. Even if I knew you extremely well and I had the opportunity to preach to just you, <laughs> I'm still not that good because it's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. So all those wonderful things that you're hearing, I'm glad that you thank me for, for teaching the Word of God, but it's the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit of God working on the inside of you bringing to, to light and relevance the things that are going to honor and glorify God in you and through you, and the challenges that you receive, the, 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 the moments of inspiration, the, the callings, the stirrings, the conviction, all of that is not some intentional mastermind plan that was put together in my office. It's the Holy Spirit. And I have to depend on the Holy Spirit. And you have to depend on the Holy Spirit. And so when we come and we gather as a church, if you're coming dependent on the Holy Spirit, man, I can't wait to hear what God is going to say to me today or do in me today or do in our church family today. Have you ever sat down with someone and you began to talk to them about something where they experienced the same thing you did, kind of like maybe in a, in a worship service, maybe even last week after church, and you're like, oh, wow, I didn't even think about that that way. Have you ever had those conversations? It's because the Holy Spirit, man. And the Holy Spirit wants to pray powerful prayers in us and through us, but are we depending on Him? Not just for the answer, but Lord, teach me how to pray. I want to pray according to the will of God. I want to pray according to the will of God. I want to know the real God. I want to search out the Scriptures and know the real God. I want to pray according to the Word. I want to be able to put my faith and my hope and put my dependence on Him. Check this out. Jesus, Jesus gave the same idea, just in a different form, in Luke chapter 12, verses 11 through 12. Jesus said this. He said, And when they bring you before the synagogues and the rulers and the authorities, do not be anxious about how you should defend yourself or what you should say. Why? Why? For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you should say. He's even talking about being in a moment where you're persecuted. Jesus is giving a prophetic word here. He's telling the church, persecution's coming. He's letting them know, you guys, when, uh, there's going to come a time here where you're going to be brought before rulers uh, in the synagogue. It's going to get difficult. This is the cost of following Jesus, okay? It's not something where you just all of a sudden rise to this platform of popularity because you've decided to follow Jesus. He said, no, actually, you're going to be brought before synagogues and rulers and authorities and people are going to question you and they may threaten you don't be anxious don't be worried about how you should defend yourself so i'm not going to give you a, a, a how to defend yourself class 101 against all of these different rulers what is he saying he's saying the same thing the apostle paul was saying in ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 be strong in the lord and the power of his might what is he saying here the same thing he's saying about prayer to pray in the Spirit at all times. He's saying, depend on me. Depend on the Spirit of God. Depend on the Holy Spirit. will give you the words you need to say in that moment. So it's not like I'm rattling off some pre-rehearsed speech when persecution comes. 
Jesus didn't say, hey, when persecution comes, when you're going to be brought before rulers and authorities and all these people, man, instead of being nervous, give them, give them this speech. It works every time. Jesus said, no, depend on the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's going to give you the words to say. So even in the face of persecution, even in the face of not knowing what to say, even in the face of your accusers, it's still depending on the Holy Spirit. Okay, so I'm supposed to be depending on God for my salvation, for righteousness, for gifts, in the face of persecution, and in prayer. It's kind of like I'm supposed to be dependent on God. It's kind of like he keeps reiterating this message in all these different avenues. It's like he keeps reiterating this message in all these different themes, and he's saying, depend, depend, depend. You see, the Holy Spirit is our helper, our comforter, our side aid, our paraclete. And in those moments where we don't know what to say, we can ask for the words. We're depending on the Spirit. He will give us the words. And He'll even pray for us when we don't have words. And then when there's an intercession that the Spirit makes for us, sometimes the Spirit of God doesn't even have words. It's just noises because there's groanings too deep to be uttered. Let's check that out again. Let's look over at Romans chapter 8. We went here just a few weeks ago and taught a little bit more extensively on this, but let's just look at this real quickly. Romans chapter 8 and verse 26 says this, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Thank you, Jesus, right? For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. He searches the hearts and he knows what is in the what he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Oh man. Again, depending on the Holy Spirit, leaning so heavily in what God has done and what he is doing when I don't even know what to pray and I don't know how to pray as I ought, the Spirit is making intercession for me. And there's groanings too deep for words. It's not even words. It's just, oh, because He knows the heart, He knows the mind, and He knows the perfect will of God. You see, when we don't know what to say, even our groanings, even our tears are heard by God. So are we asking the Holy Spirit to guide our prayers? Are we asking for the Spirit to help our prayers to be actually effective, to be powerful? Are we asking for the Spirit's power? Jesus said, hey, if you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, what do you think about your heavenly Father, who's the perfect Father? If you ask your earthly, uh, if your earthly son or daughter asks you for fish, Will you instead give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for bread, will you give him a rock? He says, no. He said, you know how to give good gifts to your children. So what do you think God's going to do when you ask him for the Holy Spirit? That's what he, Jesus said. He, he, he said, how much more is your father going to give you the Holy Spirit? What he's saying is that when you're depending on him, when you're asking for him, he wants to show up on your behalf. He just wants you to get out of the way. 
He wants you to stop depending on you. Oh no, did I do it right? Oh no, am I getting it all just right? And, and all this stuff. No, Holy Spirit, I need you. I'm asking for your help. I'm asking for your power. I want to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might because you've called me to make intercession for the saints. You've called me to intercede for my brothers and sisters in Christ. There are things weighing on my heart that I want to bring to you. And so I, with all supplication, with humility, with awe, I come before you and I want to make my request known and I want to pray in the Spirit. So Spirit, I need your help because I can't do this in my own strength. Spirit, pray through me that perfect will of God. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want to trust you. I want to deepen my faith and my dependence on you. I want to acknowledge your greatness and how everything I, I, I have that's of any worth is from you because I want to abide in you and you in me because I know apart from you I can do nothing. Man, what a, what a, what a posturing of the heart. What a positioning of the heart to begin to commune with God. I think that reading the Scripture is awesome, and I'm a big fan. I think that it's a great thing for us to do and to grow in learning Scripture, meditating on the Scripture, and I think that that is a way to definitely learn more about the real God and to commune with God. But there is something even more personal as we actually speak to God and then we quiet down and listen. Where we pray. This is why prayer is so vital, but yet it's so easy to neglect and even when we do pray, are we bringing ourselves to such a position as I've spoke about today? Or do we just go through rudimentary prayers, things that we're not putting any sincerity into? There's no supplication there. There's just repetition. He said supplication. Let it be known. Let your requests be made known to God. He cares about you. He's not too busy to listen to you. He just wants someone who's depending on Him because when you depend on Him, He gets the glory. Because, Lord, I want what you want. And I want to want what God wants for the same reason that he wants it. And that's ultimately that he would be glorified. That people would be pointed to Jesus and not to me. That people would see how great God is, not how great I am. That people would see Christ in me, the hope of glory. That they too may deepen their dependence on God or maybe come to faith in Christ and they would come to that saving faith and know that they are in right standing with God because of what Jesus has done, not what they've done. Amen, church? We prioritize prayer because when we pray, we deepen our dependence on God. So praying powerful prayers in the Spirit can be praying with your understanding, or it can be praying in a way that you don't understand. If the Holy Spirit has given you a burden of intercession that is just a groaning, you may not understand that. The Holy Spirit may have given you a burden of groaning. You may, maybe your heart is just broken over something. Maybe you're brought to that place of prayer. It's just groaning. Trust. Trust that the Spirit is making intercession for you, even if you don't understand those groanings and those words and those tears. If the Holy Spirit has given you the gift of tongues, you would pray for things in a way that you don't understand. What I'm trying to say is we don't always have to understand and we don't always have to see the end result. Amen? We've got to get out of the way thinking that we always have to figure this thing out. It's not about us ascribing a method to something. 
or step one, step two, step three, step four. It's about us saying, Lord, I need you, and watch what God will do. I think that sometimes we try to break everything down into some sort of practical formula. And when we do that, we kind of formula and work God out of the whole deal. Because we think that this is how God wants us to do it. When over and over and over again, God is not interested in the form. God is interested in your dependence, in your faith, because without faith it's impossible to please Him. Scripture says he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Those who are putting their hearts in a position regularly of dependence. That's what praying is all about. Deepening that dependence. That's why we got to prioritize it. That's why we got to pray just to make it today. Amen, somebody. Kind of proud of myself for that a little bit. Some of you got that. And yes, that was the inspiration of the name of the series, just if you were wondering. <laughs> if the Holy Spirit has given you a burden of intercession, could you just submit to that the next time that there's this longing to pray, but maybe you don't even know what to pray? Ask. Ask. He's, he's, he's wanting to give you the, the, the various gifts. He's, he's wanting you to desire him to work in you and through you. So why don't, next time you just ask, Lord, I, I got a burden for this person or this family or this situation or this conflict or, 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 or this situation or this country or, or, or whatever. God puts a burden on your heart. Why don't you start by, instead of going, I got to figure out what to say to make sure that I'm doing the right thing because I feel this burden. And Pastor talked about intercession and I want to grow in that. Instead of doing that, why don't you instead say, Holy Spirit, I need you. I don't know what to pray right now. So I, I don't know if it's just one of these times of groaning and tears. <laughs> I don't know. God can use that. God can use that. I can show you in the Scripture where He can use that. There's not even words. It's too deep. It's just sounds. Or maybe God wants to operate in you because uh, he, he's, he's wanting to put this burden on you because this is something, a situation that he, you're particularly close to and God's wanting to be glorified through you putting your dependence on God to move on behalf so that God would get the glory. I don't know how many times I've heard people who have made uh, just real egregious mistakes and things in their lives that when they finally came to repentance and faith in God, um, when they were asked, what was a part of you coming to faith in Christ? And he says, I knew that my grandmother was praying for me. Or I knew that my grandfather was praying for me. Or, or I knew that my son or my daughter was praying for me. Or whatever the case may be. And it may have been a long period of time that nothing seemed like it was going to change. Hello, somebody. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And that, that can be very discouraging if you are the person who has that burden of intercession. Because you have that weight, you're particularly close to the situation, or it may be praying for someone you don't even know. And you're praying and praying and praying, you're like, God, is it, I, I, I'm getting exhausted, I, I don't even know what to pray anymore. Maybe you're just saying, Lord, I, I need you to help me to continue to pray, because i still got this burden. But I just don't know what to say. Holy Spirit, will you guide my prayers? I need you. I need you. I'm depending on you. Continue to pray. Make supplication and prayers with thanksgiving. Remember thanksgiving and being thankful and grateful for what God has done and what He is going to do. 
We don't always have to understand. We don't always have to see the end result because sometimes you're going to be praying and interceding for things that you are going to actually pass away from this life and God may still be working things behind the scenes even after you're gone that you prayed for while you were on this earth. You don't even know. And it ain't your business to know. It's your business to trust God to use you right here, right now, to deepen your dependence on Him, and then He's going to get the glory. And if they never know my name, it doesn't matter. Because as long as they know that it was from God, through God, and to God, that's all that matters at the end of the day. You see, it's our job to deepen our dependence and to simply pray. Because as Jesus said, apart from Him, we can do nothing. So Lord, we want to deepen our dependence on You right now. And we want to thank You for these past few weeks of going through Your Scripture and acknowledging and realizing our need for You in an even greater way. We need You to help us to continue to grow even in our prayer life as we depend on your spirit, as we are learning how to pray in the spirit, pray powerful, effective prayers. You said that the effective prayer of a righteous man, the fervent, passionate, effective prayer of a righteous man would avail much. And we want to be effective, Lord, and we can't be effective on our own. So, Lord, we need your Spirit to work in us and through us and help us to depend. And if that means that you want to give us a gift to be able to use, whether that's a gift of intercession or whether that's some other gift that you're wanting to manifest and work in us and through us for your glory, Lord, we want to be open to that. We want to ask, Lord, for you to use us in those times of intercession, in those times of daily prayer. Let us not get so regimented. Let us not get so mundane and and just going through the motions with our prayers that we miss the sincerity, the awe, the dependence, the, the, the prayers with supplications and thanksgivings. Let us be used by you in a way that will bring honor and glory to you, Lord. We thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen.